Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Just like Lucas Mora stepping on the pitch and finding the back of the net, Rick Tittle bursts in for a special edition, Rick. It's episode number 25 of Go Lasso Supremo! Go Lasso Supremo! 25 episodes, Rick. Uh, before we dive deep into VAR mm-hmm. and, of course, the EPL, or are we back to the BPL? I think it's still... The EPL, the B is out, the E is in. Let's right. reflect on 25 episodes of this plucky little podcast we like to call Golasso Supremo. Well, they say that anybody can do 10 and that few can do 24. But when you get to 25, that's when the L word kicks in and that's love. Yeah. People just love the show. We love each other. We love the universe. Although we did go to 95-7 the game bowling last night. Yes. And a few people said... Uh, I'm not really into soccer. (laughs) (laughs) You were asking everyone uh, of our fellow employees who listens to the podcast, and we got a couple of charities. Oh, I heard the first one, Fib, and a few other people saying, oh, you know, I don't don't really care for soccer. So, Yeah, that's all right. Fair enough. The people who are listening right now, they love soccer, and we love them. Yes, and we love the English Premier League, and what a flashbang start to the season, Ricky T., Where do you want to start? You want to start with... uh, Let's just start with VAR because it's an interesting situation. It's um, Tottenham Hotspur, of course, the 2-2 draw at the Emirates. That's a huge point for them. You might remember last episode I said I just want to get it over with. There's no sunny and it's probably going to be a long day. Uh, 2-2 draw is a huge thing, obviously. And the second uh, or the winning goal at the end of the game, uh, what should have been the winning goal by Gabriel Jesus... Um, when it went in, I thought, okay, we lost. And then VAR, and I thought, what could it be? And if you slow it way down, you can see that a elbow unintentionally directed the ball down to, to Jesus, who still had to get himself open to score. So it's the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. When you bring in slow motion, you're not going to have the spirit of the law anymore. It's going to be the letter. So technically it is a rule. Um, you know, somebody's like, oh, you should apologize. Tottenham fans have nothing to apologize for. They didn't make up this rule. Right, right. We didn't create this rule. Well, okay, it benefited us. It might screw us. Um, but, yeah, it is dumb. That goal should probably have stood. But th- that's the thing is, once you start getting to these Zapruder tapes, these types of things happen. Yeah, and this was broken down rather quickly, I will say. And, you know, I've been a big critic of the VAR and instant replay in general. And part of that is because of the extraordinary delay that it puts into the game. This one was handled very quickly, and in fact, it was a bit of a head-scratcher to me as to why they took the goal away. And then you do see in Zapruder-like fashion, by the way, no one person's gotten more out of one 30-second <laughs> video effort than, I don't know, Siegfried Zapruder. Probably, uh, who did Iwo Jima, Rosenthal? Right. Maybe that. And then there's the, oh, the humanity guy with oh, the Hindenburg. Oh, yeah, that's right. He Another was, short snippet. What's funny was that um, he was supposed to have the day off, but um, uh, Cozumore called in sick. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out 
Jim Cosimore. So, of course, Man City and Tottenham play to a 2-2 draw. Man City had the better of the action, but credit given to Tottenham for hanging in there and just playing as tough as they could against pretty daunting atmosphere there at the Etihad. Lucas Moura with the header. He was on the pitch for 14 seconds. When I went down to San Diego summer before last and I saw Tottenham play Roma, Lucas Moura had two headed goals in that game. And I thought, hey, don't count. A lot of times it just has to do, you know, with rebounding, just block people out. You don't have to be tall. If you know what to do and you can jump, uh, Lucas Moura knows what's going on. But more to your point about VAR, I had the great Brandy Chastain on my syndicated show a couple days ago. And she's with you. She just hates it. But she says her neighbor, Allie Wagner, also a former United States men's, I mean, women's national team member, she's more like me, let's say, well, let's get it right. It's just, it's just like we were talking about with baseball. Instant replay was to say, was that a home run or not? It wasn't to see if a guy was safe at first and his cleat got in there right. just in time. And then it gets a little bit uh, twisted. But when you open up this Pandora's box, you're going to get these type of things. And that inherently is part of my problem with it because as you start to open up Pandora's box, and they said there's going to be a strict standard for reversing goals. And in this case, it was a pretty strict standard, but it wasn't a clear and obvious mistake, in my opinion. In real time, the ball bobbles through the player, and he didn't extend his arm. He didn't clearly direct the ball. It just hit off his arm. If this were a defender playing defense in the box and there was a shot taken and it similarly hit his arm, they wouldn't call handball. Right. It's the kind of thing where, you know, you can look at a Sammy Sosa's bat and see that it has cork in it. Or you can look at his blood to see if it has roids in it. That's what we're doing now. We're looking at the blood, which is kind of twisted. And by the way, speaking of the the women's national team, last uh, show we were talking about Kate Markgraf becoming the GM. And I was thinking, you know, here's a woman with over 200 caps for the USA. And I'm like, why don't I remember her? And then I figured out she's Kate Sobrero. So that's her maiden. That's her married name. Right. That's why I didn't remember. It's yeah. Kate Sobrero. The old curveball, Rick. Yes. The old married name curveball. That's how they get you. But Gamasa anyway. Supremo yes. here, Rick Tittle and Dan Dibley. Now, please continue. Well, I mean, just con- continuing on, just w- as we wrap up VAR, and we're not going to wrap it up. It's going to be going on all year. We did talk about how last year they figured out in, in the Women's World Cup, the Men's World Cup, and the Champions League, the average um, time of delay was 83 seconds. So it's under nine. And as, as you pointed out in Man City, they are pretty fast. And if you do anything fast, you think, well, did you really look at it or not? I will give them credit. They're like, oh, there's an elbow. Okay, done. Like in America, we're like, well, was that really an elbow? Right. What do you think, Jerry? Ask Bob. Exactly. Kicking <laughs> yeah. around. And they, they looked at it. They made the determination. The ref comes out, waves it off, and Tottenham able to escape with the one point. Just two games in, but what do you look and what do you think of this new-look Tottenham Hotspur? Because you look at Ndombele and Sissoko's playing well. They suddenly have much more threatening speed than ever before. Well, Not the- just speed threatening speed yeah they i mean trippier going down the wing they lost him i'm not crying about that they're probably selling uh aurier they're probably selling wanyama i saw it at club bruges they've already sold george and kevin and kudu today to besiktas in istanbul they're, they're selling off some of their old parts i'm still interested i mean erickson started this last game which is good for some reason right now, Jan Vertonghen is doghoused, which I don't understand. This is what happened to Toby Arlovald last year. 
Um, I don't know what it is with with uh, Pocatino right now, but I'm interested to see how it's going to work now that Sonny is back. Uh, Lucas Mora would start for a lot of other teams. Um, but in that game, I think Harry Kane touched the ball maybe once in the first 80 minutes, and that's not his fault. A striker has to get service. One time he came back into his own half, like on the wing, and I'm like, is that the only way Kane's going to be able to touch the ball? So when you look at that game in Man City, to get two points, to get a point out of it is great. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like college football. If you lose a game, that might be your only chance. And I thought, well, you lose a game at Man City. You kind of accept it, but that one point could be critical. No, it's huge. Last year they won the title. Man City did by a singular point over Liverpool. Was it ninety nine to ninety eight? Right, a couple of monster seasons, and Tottenham wasn't far behind. Spurs had themselves a good year as well. What did you make of the set two or the the tiff between old Pep Guardiola and Sergio Aguero when he came off the pitch? You know what's what's so funny about that is that. He got pulled off, and any striker doesn't want to get pulled off, obviously. And Especially my fantasy Premier League <laughs> striker, by the way. The he thing, already scored once in the game. Right. To me, a bit of a curious substitution. I said at the time, I would never substitute that guy. As good as Jesus is, I just don't sub him. And Gary Lineker, quote, striker needs all 90 minutes. When he came down, when Jesus scored the goal and they hugged and kissed, they basically French kissed on the sideline. It was pretty tender. It reminded me of Jack Squirek, Super Bowl eighteen, when he intercepted Joe Theismann's wow. hitch pass. Um, you had Matt Millen furious at Charlie Sumner for pulling him, and then he picked up Charlie Sumner and said, you're a genius. It kind of reminded pull. me yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Jack Squirek. That's a great pull. Number 58, baby. And the Raiders Super Bowl. 1980, if I'm not mistaken. 1983. 83. That was Super Bowl 18. January 25th, 81. That was New Orleans. I was at that one. January. That's my brother Doug's birthday. Oh. January 25th, 81. He would have been 17. Do you know it's easy for me to remember? The Super Bowl is always my age. So I was at Super Bowl 15 at 15, and this is why Super Bowl 73 is this year. Because you are It's always my age, yes. <laughs> That's tremendous. <laughs> By one more th- one more thing about the ladies. Um, they announced yesterday that it's going to be May 5th for the equal pay trial, which will be in Los Angeles because mediation broke down. So the lawyers have, what, seven, eight months to get their act together to, for this trial. So I just thought I'd let everybody know who are wondering. It's, it seems weird that you need that long to prepare, but I'm not Well, a this is a massive, massive trial, not only for the United States Soccer Federation, obviously for women's sports, but mm-hmm. precedent being set for equal pay, I think, across multiple platforms outside of just sport. When you've got women and men doing very, very similar tasks in corporate America, yet not being right. remanded at the same levels, I think a, a case like this, if it goes the way that many people, including ourselves, think it should, which is that the women do get equal pay, and whatever that, that turns out to be, I think you're looking at a potentially landmark ruling coming next year in 2020. And again, the trial would start in May, which means it would probably go on for nine months or so. So mm-hmm. up in 2021, we might have resolution. I like remanded, by the way. Thank you. I got to work that in. Remanded. Not reprimanded, which is quite different. When you remand, it's when you pay. It's Yes. No, it's a good word. Um, my junior in high school is, well, he's taken the SAT once, but I'm trying to improve his English score. So we're trying to get the SAT words going. Wow. Why don't you invite Ralph over to the house? Barbieri? He'll, yeah, he'll throw yeah. some words at you. Furious and sundry. It's not bad. <laughs> Angels fly, Rick.
Did I tell you one time? Well, this is a conversation off the air. It's just well, it's about baseball. I'll so. mark the tape and we'll edit it out. All right. Well, one time when Barry Zito was with the Giants, and uh, I mentioned that uh, he uh, had to. Uh, Ralph had him on the air and said, "Why don't you give some of your money back?" And I mentioned that on ninety-five-seven. This was years ago. Go to a break. Rick Ralph's on the phone. What? Pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah, Rick, I enjoyed the show. But what I said was, I didn't want the money back. I wanted him to give it to charity. <laughs> yes. Always <laughs> said, okay. listening. So, yeah, always hovering, always judging. Oh, wait, that's old school. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There's just a little, we threw a little baseball in there just for the people who last night said that they don't dig soccer. So we're just a little baseball tidbit, and then we slowly assimilate. Them. Yeah, we hook you in here at Golasso Supremo, the 25th. <clears throat> episode and we are taking a look back in the premier league match day two and also looking ahead to match day three which will be underway in just mere hours but first we look back match day two wolves one man you won at home for the wolves this Wolves side continues to be impressive when going up against the big boys of the prem and it's also another story about soccer where you let your penalty taker take the penalty. We saw Rashford take a penalty in the last game, then steps up Paul Pogma, and he has the penalty saved. You never let, first of all, never let defenders take penalties. I know it's like, well, Stuart Pierce is our best guy. He's going to miss. Let midfielders and strikers take him, and let your hottest guy do it. So uh, Paul Pogba is not a, you know, he's a great all-around player, but he's not a goal scorer. You say, well, maybe he's a great penalty taker. If he if he took the first one, week one, then great. But this whole thing like, well, now it's my turn. That's just stupid, and they deserve the draw for that. Yeah, it's basically the turn of the guy who's going to make it. And if you have a penalty taker who <laughs> makes penalties, right. then I'm sorry, Paul, double P's, but you go ahead and let Martial take it because he, he netted one in the opening week. PP, that's who I meant, Martial. I said Rashford, yeah. He's the guy. That's the guy that they should have had. And... You know, as I said, until you miss, you should be the guy. Got to go with the hot hand. Yes. Uh, continuing with the somewhat lukewarm to cold hand would be my blues as Chelsea at home, Stanford Bridge drawing against Leicester. A pretty unsightly first two for Chelsea as you sit almost in the relegation zone on one point with a minus four goal differential. Well, I. They got trouble, Rick. Well, th this is the other thing, too, and I know he was a hero at Frank Lampard. I was actually at his first ever game for Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Uh, it was a Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank hat trick against Tottenham. This, this sounds was, like story time to me. Yeah, <laughs> and well, I'll tell you a little story time. Stamford Bridge was one of the newer stadia. You get off at Fulham Broadway. Um, you're in Fulham, basically, when you go Make to that Stamford first Bridge. Left. That's exactly right. And um, it's the only stadium in England I was ever in that had food. It's the kind of thing we take for granted because you don't eat food at your seat. you got to scarf it down and then go to your seat. You get your pie before you the game. Yeah, you don't sit there and throw it down in front of you, which is like a – this is why George Washington chased the British out of here so we could throw right, our so food. Right, so we could straight. throw our hot dog wrappers <laughs> under the seat and exactly. our malt straws. I remember at the radio game, my dad's like, just Spoons. throw – what do I do with these peanut chills? Throw them down. Right. I can. But um, <laughs> Lampard, what has he done? He got Darby to a playoff final. You're going to run a real coach out of town. And you're going to put in your hero. Now, that's fine if you're loaded with talent and every once in a while it works out. There used to be a thing where you had to get badges. I don't need no sticking badges. Thank you. And I think it was um, 19, what was it, 89, Glenn Raider with Newcastle. They named a manager and he didn't have his, his FIFA licenses and his badges. 
Well, they that's not a requirement anymore. So it's like, hey, Lamps, come on in. By the way, I have a selfie with Lamps, which he's frowning. I'll show it to you one time. I took it at Stanford years and years awesome. ago. Not Stanford Bridge, but Stanford University. <laughs> with the N, yeah. <laughs> and not Samford either, the uh, Southern no, School. That's, no, Samford up there in Connecticut. And by the way, the Battle of uh, Stanford Bridge uh, against the King of Norway and Harold, big victory for the English. They had to turn around and run right down because it was the Norman Conquest, and then they lost. And then the Normans took over. That's a bad beat. That was a bad. That was the original Stamford Bridge. But I stand corrected because Chelsea had uh, this new arena with all these uh, great uh, food items and everything. And we went in there and everyone was on their mobiles. I remember it was the most expensive tickets I had ever paid. I think it was 180 pounds for three tickets. And this was in 2003, I think. I mean, that's a lot. And then it was like the very, very last row. And then Tottenham got thrashed. But... You take a guy and you say, well, you know, Chelsea legend, West Ham legend, uh, England legend. Let's just make him the coach. And so far, people are ripping him, saying he's in over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing tactically. He's a very easy target. He can't be judged just yet. But if I'm a Chelsea fan, that might be my biggest concern is this guy might not be ready for this. And without a doubt, it's not like you can go from the pitch to to the, the technical area and make that transition so simply. And we're just seeing this now coming up for from the Dutch League. Anderlicht player manager Vincent Kompany is giving up some match day duties after a winless start in the Belgian, I'm sorry, the Belgian Pro League. Assistant coach Simon Davies has said he'll now take responsibility for tactical changes and substitutions while Kompany will step on the field as captain. So... Vincent Company trying to do his Bill Russell wow. bit, player coach, realizing early on in the BPL, the Belgian Pro League, <laughs> that it ain't that easy, especially after you give up a couple of goals. They're 0-2-2 in the league, including a loss at Kortrijk, or Kortrijk 4-2 last week. And you, you can't go to Kortrijk and lose 4-2. I didn't know. You that, just can't, Rick. I, I didn't know Simon Davis was with Anderlecht. I saw him score his first goal for Tottenham, former Welsh international signed from Peterborough with Matthew Etherington. They came as a pair back in the day. But um, Anderlecht is a great team in Belgium. Uh, They're right there in Brussels. And I had uh, name drop Jean-Claude Van Damme on my show years ago. Well done, Roxy. And I said, uh, no, ting. (laughs) I said. (laughs) That's BT. Yo, yo, yo. My first first line was, you were known as the muscles from Brussels, but maybe if you got beat up a lot, you could have been the bruise from Bruges. That's nice. Anyway, that's, that's a good nice. one. But I go, what? I go, what's up with Anderlecht? Because they have this thing. They have a a African. I'll call him Santa. They have a black Santa. He's the mascot. Guess but you're he, not going to call him an African Santa. Well, an African Belgium Santa. Gotcha. Of African heritage, and then he's holding a doll of himself, about an 11 inch tall black Santa. So I asked him. I go, why does Anderlecht have this? And he said. Oh, that's my dad's team. If you want chocolate and beer, come over. I'm like, hey, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't answer. That's my Ander, that's my little Anderlecht story. But Vincent Company, fantastic players, you know, Man City legend. Tremendous yeah. and one of the great <clears throat> goals in Man City history, able to come in and uh, and yeah. secure that title. Got to give props to United, Sheffield United. I told you the Blades I, are staying up. I said the Blades would go down, and they were able to take care of Crystal Palace. One nil, John Lundstrom. With the goal, how big can early victories, no matter who it's against, really help these promoted teams? 
Did he do the caboose pistol after he scored? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. oh, John Lundstrom. Oh, okay. You brought your A-game today, Rick. Well, There's no doubt. I'll tell you what. Crystal Palace, you say, well, I'm not impressed. Well, you have to pick up three points against Crystal Palace. And they did that. And we're, these are early days, obviously. I'm not saying anybody's yep. staying up yet. But if you say, well, we're going to lose to Liverpool, we're going to lose to Arsenal, we're going to lose to Tottenham, well, then you have to beat Crystal Palace. So first things first, and uh, yeah, go go Blades. So far, so good. I had all three Uniteds going down, and uh, West Ham sitting just outside of the relegation zone as they were able to cobble together a draw against Brighton, Hove, and Albion, who, by the way, is right now, and I know it's early, but for a team like Brighton, you look at it, it's like, hey, we're thinking Europa League right now. We're right in this thing, I got to tell you. <laughs> they got some crew on the South totally. Coast. Newcastle United... Uh, <laughs> Negative three in the goal differential. They lost to Norwich this week Mm -hmm. and, of course, Arsenal in the first week. Tottenham playing Newcastle this weekend. It's a a pretty big one for Tottenham. That, of course, will be in uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the most bland and milquetoast stadia name in the history of naming stadia. They're just waiting for the big paycheck, and we don't know who it's going to be. Let's just hope it's not something embarrassing, but whoever's going to pay for those rights. And it all starts tomorrow, Rick, with uh, Aston Villa hosting Everton. And as you look ahead to Saturday, really the biggest match that I can see up on the big board will be at Anfield, Liverpool and Arsenal. The two top-of-the-table teams, the only two to win both of their opening fixtures. What do you make of that matchup? And and the ability for Arsenal to really hang with the big boys, the big three, Liverpool, Spurs, and Man City. I think Liverpool wins this game 2-1. I think it's going to be very tough. There's not going to be any kind of uh, push over there whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, Liverpool, I mean, their goal now is to, is to win the league and... I remember it, it seemed like when I was watching them, Liverpool just won the league every year, and it's been, it's just been outside their grasp. And we know how close they got last year. We know they won the Champions League as well. Uh, but uh, I think this is where you're going to see a little bit of difference here between Arsenal and Liverpool. It should be an exciting game, certainly. That'll be 9 o'clock on Sunday morning, a little Sunday morning football. And I wonder if the Premier League didn't schedule a lot of these good early matchups to get ahead of the NFL schedule. I I know the NFL viewership in Europe is increasing. It will never compare to soccer viewership, but the U.S. viewership of the English Premier League is rising, so wouldn't they have thought, hmm, maybe we throw four or five of our really marquee matchups early before the NFL slate? I wouldn't doubt that at all, and I also think it's cool we get a Friday game, which is a new thing. but I mean, if you, I used to wake up at at five thirty in the morning and drive to Almaden to maybe see Tottenham at Britannia Arms at seven a.m. Maybe it was two, three times a year they'd have the game. Sometimes they'd say they have the game and it wouldn't be there. Back to back weeks, Tottenham is on NBC and not NBC Sports is on NBC. There's one more thing I'd like to get to, and I'd like to get your opinion as I segue. Oh, we got time. Yeah, okay. we got time. Plenty of time. Yesterday it was announced. I'm that- sorry, Rick. That's all we have time for. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yesterday, you know, it's funny. I was talking to uh, Vern Glenn the other day. He came down from upstairs, and I said, "The involved one." Yes, I was actually saw a broadcast, and I said, "I won't say what local station," but they said, "Coming up in sports, A's and Giants." Blah blah blah. They came back from the break, and there's all four there in a wide shot saying, "Okay, bye." (laughs) (laughs) All tees, no payoff. I know. Or yes, one guy used to say, "All hat, no cattle." Mm. The 
Major League Soccer um, brass announced yesterday an expansion team to St. Louis, Missouri. And St. Louis is a great soccer town. In fact, at the 1950 World Cup, a St. Louis dispatch reporter was the only one who went down, and that was to follow Walter Barr, Chris Barr, and Jim Barr's dad. So there's a great history there. But this will mean the 28th MLB team. And in their mind, they're like, well, there's 32 NFL teams. There's 30 MLB, NBA, blah, 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 hockey. Stop expanding. Please stop expanding. It's just you're, It's just going to water it down more and more and more. But I guess they want to get to 30 or 32, and then maybe they'll, they'll go past that. But I, I tell you sometimes I look in the standings, I'll fully admit, and I'll be like, wait. That's a team? Right. I don't even remember that team. I was going to quiz you to see if you knew who the uh, the top of the conferences were. Forget top of the table. Well, LAFC is kind of the class right now. You can put that on the board. Yes, 61 points, averaging 2.35 goals per game. Wow. That's juggernautish. That's a team owned by Will Ferrell and Nomar Garcia-Para and Mia Garcia-Para. Yeah, I actually threw my hat in the ring to be their play-by-play broadcaster mm. about three years ago. They put the posting up more than a year before they actually formed the team. And uh, needless to say, I didn't get the gig. and. I'm left here on Golasso Supremo. I did that with the Sharks, too. The nice. year, a year before they were formed, I put my hat in the ring, and I did a tape, and they actually got a guy with minor league experience and Dan Rusinowski, and he's been there ever since. Did they send your hat back after they, they did threw not. it out of the ring? I also applied for the arena, and this was the tape I sent. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to Center Ice, where Atlantic recording star Jeffrey Osborne will now sing today's national anthems. That's pretty good. Thank you. Danny Miller, slightly better, but... Uh, yes. And he, by the way... Has been there the entire time as well, I think. Sharks goal. Love love Danny Miller. Uh, Just one last Danny Miller nugget. Mm. Because of my friendship with Danny Miller, we at 95.7 The Game hired a producer by the name of Cody Elias. Yes. So Cody, hey, could you put in a word for me with Dibley? (laughs) And so Danny and I kind of worked it so Cody would be hired. I was promptly fired, and it was years (laughs) before I would eventually work with the aforementioned Cody Elias. Cody has mentioned that many times. He didn't mention you. He's told me that that guy gave him his start. Right. But he right. left you out. Now he works full-time for the A's. Yes, yes. And that will... That's not nice that he left you out. That will end the Cody Elias mentions <laughs> subsequent uh, here on Golasso Supremo. Atlanta United, by the way, would be your mm. Eastern Conference leaders sitting on 45, Philadelphia on 45 as well. I'm not against 30 teams... Give me 32 teams. Here's an idea. Okay. Give me 40 teams. Let's go with two divisions and let's have promotion and relegation because then and only then can you start to feel like a real league. Whether or not you want to align your schedule with the European leagues, that to me is less important than true relegation and true promotion because right now you look at FC Cincinnati and like you said, are they even a team? Averaging .69 goals a game, they've won just five out of 26 fixtures. That's not a team that belongs against the big boys right now. Go down to the first division, prove it, beat your various Sacramentos and your Raleigh Germs. I don't even know all the cities down there. Right. San Diego, go down there and win, get good, then come up and compete with the big boys. I think the reason Cincinnati got in is last year... They had the second highest attendance of any soccer team in America. So they America. they beat every team, I think, except Portland or whoever leads in MLS. 
But I agree with you. There are still two things left about MLS that are highly embarrassing. Remember in the beginning, the time will be kept on the clock. The ball's in the air. Sorry. <laughs> you can't have a tie. Everybody start at midfield. Go. And everybody sucked. The last two things that are embarrassing, they're the only FIFA-recognized league in the entire world that does not have promotion and relegation. Yep. The other thing is, is also an abomination that most people don't care about, but it kills me. We're the only league in the world that does not shut down when the national team plays. USA will be playing in the Gold Cup. Meanwhile, don't forget, the Union and the Rapids going at it. Your it's a big na- interconference Your national up. team is playing. What right. are you, During the world, what are you doing? You got to shut it down, yeah. without a doubt. And one more MLS note. Uh, this is Dateline Miami as I do my Larry King. Hello, Miami. Hello. <laughs> Miami Mayor Francis Suarez says that the finding of high levels of toxic materials on the proposed site for Inter-Miami Soccer Stadium is, quote, not anything that jeopardizes the deal in any way, end quote. Rick, toxic materials react. Well, so y- it might be spice... Uh, well, I was going to say something dumb about Spice Girls about her makeup. Posh Spice is yeah. what I wanted to say. That's the that's Beckham's team. Correct. Yeah, and um, I'll never forget at the Coliseum when he took off his shirt and showed all his tats when LA played there. And at the end, I got to talk to him, and he said, "I love being here in San Jose." <laughs> I don't want to say this is Oakland, baby. But what did he know? He's playing the San Jose Earthquakes. He got right. off a plane. Um, well, that's that, out here in the Bay Area. That would basically shut it down. I mean, here we're concerned about the Hummerfish under houseboats and moving maybe uh, some um, indigenous bacteria from its original location. Three, can't do it. No, you can't do it. Not in this market. Not at this level. Arsenic, barium, and lead that exceed the wow. legal limits. That's quite a, uh, a three-man uh, front line there. Arsenic and old lace. Was that a... That was a play. That's what it was. That was a play. Was Agatha Christie? Henry Miller would have been my guess, but I'll look that up just for the sake of wrapping this up on a high note. By the way, um, the NFL said, or MLB said, uh, watch out for boner pills. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. It's because they might uh, trigger a positive test. Frank Capra was the director of the film. Frank Capra, starring Cary Grant. Hey, baby. It's uh, Joseph Kesserling's play, Mm. Arsenic and Old Lace. No points for Tittle and no points for the Dibber. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.